It is a special delivery holiday edition. I am Michael Rand. No regular show over the uh, the holiday break, but wanted to share with you an interview that uh, myself and Chris Hine conducted with Timberwolves head coach Chris Finch at the State Fair just a few days ago. Interesting stuff from Chris Finch talking all about the upcoming season, how Anthony Edwards has apparently grown an inch or two in the offseason. I guess it's possible he's still pretty young and uh, several other items of interest. So let's give that a listen. We'll be back with regular shows on Tuesday. But for now, enjoy this interview with Chris Hine, myself, and Chris Finch out at the fair. Everybody, welcome back to the Star Tribune stage. It's going to be hard to top bubble time. We're going to try, though. Um, I'm Michael I wish, Rand. I wish, I wish I got to blow a few bubbles. I know, right? Yeah, that was um, nice. Chris Hine, who covers the Timberwolves for the Star Tribune, and Chris Finch, the new head coach of the Timberwolves, here with us right now. Chris, how you doing? Chris's, I guess. How you doing? Uh, doing great, thanks. Great to be out here. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Um, just going to ask him a bunch of questions about the upcoming season, kind of what uh, what he's been seeing this off season. So I'll, I'll kind of turn it over to you, Chris, for now, and I'll jump sure. into as well. Uh, this is kind of the, the first time we've been able to ask you about some of the, the moves you guys made in the offseason now that everything's been official. Uh, Patrick Beverly's coming here. You're familiar with him from your time uh, in Houston. Uh, how excited are you to have him in the fold, and what is he going to bring to this team uh, next year? I'm very excited to have Patrick in the fold. Uh, he's going to bring a lot of a lot of toughness, tenacious, tenacious defense. You know, kind of a, gives our defense a little bit of a personality. Like defense is always best when you start on the ball with the type of approach and, and you know aggressiveness that he brings. I think one of the most encouraging things about bringing Patrick here is not how excited that we are that he's coming, but he's really excited because he knows that he's exactly the type of piece that we need. And he's really excited for that opportunity. How, how important can it be to have somebody like him who's a veteran in the league, known for his defense, with a younger group kind of out there helping them learn on the fly or helping them in the moment you know, communicate and, and things like that? Yeah, I think it, it's critical to you know, having a blend of youth, talent, veteran, players who can really help and get it done still, right type of leadership. Ultimately, leadership comes from being able to get it done on the floor. And Patrick can do that. He'll lead by example, and certainly his effort and his defensive care factor, um, good system fit on offense. But he's also going to hold his teammates accountable and make sure their effort and their approach is uh, as what's needed. Um, but he knows his role. He buys into what's going on on the team. He's got a really great resume of playing with other extremely talented players and being highly effective alongside those guys. So that's that's kind of where we are right now. Can, can a player like that rub off on other players you have, like an Anthony Edwards or things of that nature? For sure. No, no doubt about it. I mean, defense is one of those things that, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's more of a want to than it is anything else. Um, and, you know, you've got guys that make this league – primarily because they're so offensively gifted that's just what the league has become um and then you have guys like patrick who's made this league by you know having to compete and being like kind of getting under your skin type guy he's never lost that chip that's on his shoulder which is what he brought to the league when we first brought him into the league in houston and for him to maintain that tells you who he is as a kid and the character and and the type of things that like his teammates really like embrace and like about him. 
One of the things that we talked about late last season and, and going into the summer was, you know, kind of how best you were going to try to utilize Cat on the defensive end of the floor and kind of different coverages. When you when you've kind of gone over it with him or gone over with the coaching staff, kind of how how are you thinking of utilizing him on that end of the floor, maybe differently than he has been in yeah, previous years? You know, a couple things we learned by studying this summer, he's actually got pretty good efficiency when he switches, when he can mm -hmm. be a switch defender. Now, think, don't think it's something you want to do all the time, every night. You can find yourself in a lot of uh, kind of bastardized matchups, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, so that gives us opportunities to do that. Mm -hmm. um, we think he can play against some smaller guys, which gives us an opportunity to play him and Nas more yeah. together. Uh, but primarily we feel that, you know, we got to protect him in pick and roll. Not just about him. It's just about how the defenses are trending now in the league, and it's, they're selling out to protect the rim and protect the paint, and you do that with a certain coverage with Cat. You're going to get him up at the level and, and then protect behind him. Yesterday, uh, you know, the team announced a bunch of staff changes. You're bringing in Elston Turner as, as your newest assistant. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about him and, and your familiar with him and what he's going to bring this year? Yeah, we're very lucky to – be able to replace jo Joseph Blair with Elston at this late stage. Mm -hmm. um, Elston's been in the league a long, long time. He's been around a lot of great programs, uh, been heading up defenses and a lot of different types of defenses. He's got versatility on the defensive end of the floor, so he brings great wisdom there, great flexibility. Um, I was fortunate enough to be around him when I first came to the league with Houston. He was on Rick Adelman's staff there in Houston, and um, so I got kind of feel for what being around him and his presence and his uh just the, his way with the players is extremely like uh very effective just calming has a calming influence but can hold them accountable played in the league understands what it takes to be an nba player um and for me he's been around some really great offensive minds it was mike d'antoni was with rick adelman as we talked about um was a, he was actually with alvin gentry in phoenix so he's been really coach on both sides of the ball so he can add perspective to offense as well you know one of the big t discussion points going into the offseason was power forward improving at the four upgrading there i gotta be honest doesn't feel like a lot has happened at least not yet how do you feel about that position as it stands right now and if you go into the season kind of with what you have right now how will you kind of manage that position yeah we, ha we have a lot of options there i think you know we, you know, we didn't necessarily bring in this, like, go out and bring in this kind of stud for that, boom, that solves all of our problems. But I do like our depth and our flexibility. First and foremost, you have the development of Jaden McDaniels. He can play between the three and the four. Um, you know, offensively in our system, they're largely the same. Defensively, like, it could be matchup driven every night. Jared Vanderbilt was a guy that's really come on for us. He's done a lot of interesting things when you look at like how he drives winning from a defensive perspective extra possessions guy he's played his first 1,000 minutes in the game this past season all the other seasons before I think he was sub 100 minutes so highly intrigued about what he could be um, and he's a good fit next to Cat in a lot of ways Torian Prince comes in two-way player um, we feel like we can get him back to his best basketball because he's played his best basketball in systems and situations that model a lot of what we also value. So that alone gives us a chance to kind of, you know, have enough options there. And I think all those guys are good players. Um, and we have enough other talent. Bringing in Patrick Beverly uh, allows us to slide 
you know, maybe even find lineups where Anthony Edwards plays at the four. So, like, the exciting part about us is so many interchangeable pieces that you can play at any given time. So we're not kind of putting, painting ourselves into a corner about different guys. Um, our lineup construction is not linear. It's very fluid. So in today's game, that's what you want. Along those lines, you mentioned Torian Prince, another another offseason acquisition. Uh, when you say that you want to get him back to playing his best basketball, what does that look like? Yeah, being a highly impactful two-way player. You know, defensively, he has the ability to switch, guard multiple guys in multiple situations, play in transition, and also you know make spot threes. And his three-point shooting has been inconsistent, but we feel that the right shots he can get back to being um, an above-average and highly effective three-point shooter. You mentioned, no, you, you mentioned Jared Vanderbilt. Um, obviously, he's a free agent still, but hopefully something happens with that. You mentioned he's just played his first, like, 1,000 minutes. Is there? I know in baseball they talk about, like, 1,500 at-bats being kind of the magic spot where someone should figure it out. Is there a number in basketball, or is it just fluid more than that? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm sure the analytics guys have a number. I, mean, it's, I don't know what it is, but 1,000 minutes is a pretty good, pretty good sample. Um, and it's going to tell you certainly like that what's going on on the floor is in some ways real. We just have to figure out if like it's sustainable. Okay. Switching gears a little bit. <laughs> we, have some, uh, we have some competition here. For, for I love it. It's great. It's the fair. It's it's good. Everybody's good. doing it's their own thing. It's going to be great background noise for it the is. podcast. It'll get some, actually, I don't know here. if it'll be picked up on the podcast. We'll see. <laughs> see if you can edit that out. Um, just switching gears a little bit. Uh, how have you just been? You came here in the middle of the season, uh, you know, middle of a, of a COVID uh, year, so not much time to really kind of get out and get to know Minnesota. Uh, how have you just been adjusting to, to life here in Minnesota? I've had a great summer. It's been, you know, people from the moment I got here have been telling me how great the city is and particularly how great the summers are, and they've not uh, lied at all. I mean, it's been great to be back out as life op has opened up. The city has come alive. Um, you know, I live in the, in the North Loop area. It's super vibrant. I love the fact I can walk everywhere. Um, you know, downtown restaurants has been really, really nice. The lake, I've had a few opportunities to get out to the lake here. Haven't been able to get outside the city a whole lot. Most of my travel outside the city has been out of the state, but I was hoping to maybe get upstate. Unfortunately, didn't do that. But then just coming to an event like this and being able to kind of soak in what it is to be you know, what is so important about this event in the culture of the city and the state? Any particular uh, foods you've been told to try <laughs> here? Oh, yeah. Well, I've had the, the sweet Martha's cookies. I've had the cheese curds. I've had the pork chop on a stick, the alligator on a stick, the fried You had all that today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When did you have the time? <laughs> yeah, this breakfast at Champions. <laughs> That, that sounds that sounds pretty good. I said you get you're getting you're making the rounds. It's yeah. good. It's it's got to be efficient what when I, you're. What I haven't had yet is the beer, and that's coming. Okay, next, that's so. right. This is that's that's coming. This is your last stop, right? Yeah, that might be my next clock. So is it noon? Yeah, I think it's <laughs> noon. Um, so, Chris uh, Chris Hine will back me up on this. One of my one of my pet uh, projects in the off season has been watching what outside expectations are for this team and seeing, you know what. Vegas says like 33, 34 wins for this team is kind of the over-under mark. I'm not asking you to make a gambling prediction. I'm asking you, though, like, does that, when you talk about your own internal expectations, are they higher than that? Do you not put a win total on that? How do you, how do you see that in terms of your expectations, too? Yeah, no, it, it's so tough to put a win total on any of these things, but um, 
I think our expectations should be highly relevant team when it comes to the play-in tournament, pushing for the you know playoffs in general. I mean, listen, we can't shy away from wanting to do these things. Like this is where we're trending as a team. Not sure if what happens for us this year. Um, these things come together so quickly. Uh, I was in Denver for one year. It was Jokic's second year. It was the year before the Game 82 season when you guys beat them. They make the playoffs the next year. They've only been in the playoffs three years, but it feels like they've been in the playoffs for 10. And so that was two seasons out from when I was there even. So, you know, it's just it just comes together quickly when you have a young core and you have high-level talent, and that's what they had. Is there – I mean, obviously there's different factors that could make it come together quicker. Sure. It feels like Anthony Edwards is kind of the X factor, like how fast he becomes what you hope he can become. Yeah, that's one thing. Certainly your internal development is the biggest driver of any success, um, you know, particularly when you're not, like, bringing in free agents, uh, you know, these max-level, franchise-level guys. Like, So, yeah, internal development is one. Obviously, like, having career seasons by your all-star play level players is another. And then there are, you know, style of play – chemistry um i'd like to think coaching um these types of things add up to a few wins here and there with ant you know his numbers really took off when you when you got here uh in the second half of the season and i'm wondering in your conversations with him and and his work in the off season what facets of his game do you expect fans to see improved uh when he takes the floor in late october well i mean this is excitingly enough and this is a very ant thing. Like he's grown in the off season. So I probably six four when you drafted him here, and I think he's closer to six six now. He told me in the summer, oh, wow. don't let me don't let me get to six six. I'll be Michael Jordan. And you know, <laughs> ant he believes that. So uh, he's had a great off season in terms of just being able to develop a routine. As such a young player, getting him into a routine and getting him into the gym and getting him into a system of work where it can translate to his game. The thing that's easy for him I think when it comes to play de the player development is that he's already really good at some things that he just could also improve on and if he we asked him to kind of drill down on that stuff finishing and three-point shooting like um, and then the defensive stuff we'll work on when we get all back together in the, in the season because they're more conceptually based does the fact that he's grown about two inches change anything about his game or, or anything that how you work with him at all? How does that how does that affect things? I don't think so. I, I mean, he's you know going to be certainly the same player. Probably gives us a little bit of an opportunity to maybe play him as we talked about some small ball four. Yeah. But um, and rebounding, we hope that he becomes a better rebounder. We've asked him to address some of those needs. He seemed he seemed to be committed on that end with the rebounding. I think later in the year he he was starting to get at it. Do you sense that he's that he's committed to, to to that end of, of the game yeah he's an extremely uh unique player and has, has all this raw ability but he's very very kind of literal when you coach him if you say to him i need you to do x he'll go out and do it and like we challenged him we we discovered in the last part of the se season like i need you to get seven rebounds tonight i need you to do this we gave him goals almost every game or you know every period of time so it gave him stuff to focus on and he really went out and did that like his feel for the game is developing all the time, and um, you know that'll get better and get better. Like, but when he's you know responding to these things that you're challenging him to do, that's that's really great for a player of his caliber. When you get here, like in the middle of a season, like you did last year, how much of what you wanted to do with this team were you able to do last year versus how much is there now 
additional now that you're getting a full off season, you're going to get a full hopefully training camp to implement more things like how, how much more is there from your kind of playbook so to speak to to come yet yeah offensively i would say we you know we got them we were able to morph into kind of the main points like the main philosophy so you know i think like the the devil is in the details like we can do more i think on a granular level um get, you know directing the offense maybe a little bit better special situations um just kind of now guys are a little bit more uh, comfortable with the overall philosophy. I think they'll have a better feel for it, like, and that gives us a chance to build on it right away. So I would say last year we probably got about 60 to 70% of the offense in, and defensively really probably got about 30% of it in just because we didn't have a great foundation and we didn't have a great, like, uh, philosophy or approach other than just trying to, like, activate our guys, be more aggressive. You know, and just try to use our length and athleticism and kind of attack the ball and fly around. Things we've talked about, and yeah. Chris has heard us talk about this multiple times. So, um, But scheme, like, was was kind of loose. We got to get it tight, and we got to come up with things that put our best players in, you know, position to be better or, or positions that they can excel in defensively. So. We mentioned Jaden before, and, and one of the things that you wanted to see at him in summer league was maybe a little growth on the offensive end of the floor. Yeah. Where does where does he kind of fit in, you know, when you have a cat, a D'Lo, an ant, guys who can be really dominant with the ball and, and are very good scorers, how does he try to find his niche on, on that end of the floor? I think he's really well suited for because he's a great cutter. Like, he understands space, and he understands cutting and timing and the angles of those cuts. He's got great length to catch and finish, really good hands. He plays off all those guys. He also has the ability to knock down spot threes, play in transition and stuff like that. What we discovered and what we thought we knew going into the summer is that this kid has a lot more playmaking skills. This kid has a lot more ball, ball handling skills. Yeah, now he's not like a classic handler, like a point guard, but like if you put him in playmaking and secondary playmaking situations, he's going to make the right play almost all the time. Um, and that's really exciting because – he can now help the game become easier for the likes of D'Lo finding him on kickouts or Cat finding him, you know, in small spaces inside the paint. So this is something that we feel like is in his future. And as, like, we get different lineup combinations on there, he may be able to be more of a second-unit driver of offensive yeah. opportunities for others. Yeah, w defensively with him, I, I I was listening to one of your interviews earlier, and uh, you were talking about the kind of the type of player that he matches up well against, where he can really use his length. I'm thinking of the I think it was the, that game against Dallas, yeah. where he he really limited Doncic. Um, is that is that kind of what you discover with him defensively? Is is trying how best to utilize his length, especially maybe against another team's primary scorer that. Yeah guarding guys maybe a little smaller than him in that way yeah he's he's excelled at guarding those guys Harden Doncic um, you know these guys like who handle the ball he picks them up he gets down in a stance he guards them he you know he, he's not afraid that's what I love about him. like my very first game here um, we played Milwaukee and I put him on uh, Giannis and it was a rough night I should have we should have doubled him but he just competed and he competed and He's not afraid. It doesn't matter who he's playing against, and he's going to have these best matchups every single night. And once he understands their tendencies, he's got the tenacity and he's got the willingness to compete. He has the physical schools with tools with the length. He just needs to study now and like understand these player tendencies and now start to use that. And he's a really smart player. And the thing I love about him is that he has this competitiveness and he really competes. And that's a, for a young player coming into the league to compete on the defensive end with the way he does, 
um, and have the offensive component. Like, you don't find that much. A couple more things for Chris Finch. Really enjoying the conversation here with the Timberwolves head coach. Don't forget to check out the Star Tribune booth, too. Subscriptions, all that good stuff. Get your sweet Martha's lip balm. Um, Chris, you you uh, you um, you, you were talking about Jade McDaniel's just now. He was clearly one of the better defensive players you had last year. You get Patrick Beverly in this season, but still feels that the the identity of this team is still probably going to be more on offense than defense. So what what's the goal on defense? Is it to become a great defensive team or a good enough defensive team? No, I think the goal is to become an average defensive team. You know, get middle of the pack. Like we're going to lean into who we are. We're an offensive team. We're going to play with pace. We're going to get up and down and give our guys the free light the green light to shoot shots in the flow of the system like that's not going to change like we got to we got to be the best version of who we are I think you get in trouble when you try to like be something that you're not um and you know I think that's a fun and exciting way to play still but we have to get the competitiveness up defensively get the scheme right as we talked about if we can get up to the middle of the pack I think we can really make some strides you know, we, we've gone basically this whole conversation, barely brought up Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell the, the whole time. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, one of the things last year, you know, Cat was injured, uh, he had COVID, D'Lo then got injured. We didn't see a lot of, of Carl and D'Angelo until later in the season yeah. uh, when, you were, when you were coaching them. And it was kind of the first time we saw them play together for an extended run. Um, what did you see about the two of them, just chemistry-wise, that, that, that you liked, that you could maybe build off of coming into this year? Uh, the most important thing is they root for each other's success. They, like, want each other to be really good, and they're not afraid to, like, A, both step up in the moment and, B, defer to the other, uh, and also, at the same time, allow room for Ant. Like, this is a very unique dynamic, trust me, in the league. Like, we have this type of talent being able to kind of all accentuate and accommodate each other. Um, Beyond that, with just the combination that you're talking about, is so much skill. Just like the skill level is insane, is probably maybe the two best skilled guys in any combination that I've been, you know, fortunate enough to work with um, in the league. So gives you a lot of versatility. You can do a lot of clever things. I think we can post up D'Angelo more as a passer. You know, we've seen that cat can play threes. You can almost flip him on the floor at times. You know, play D'Angelo down low. He likes to play down low. He's a really good passer. So. Um, he plays well in really small spaces. Like both of them play play really well in small spaces, and like that's the sign of like really skilled players. Like um, so, uh, you know, it's just again like I don't think it's anywhere near a finished product for me. I'm still looking at different things we can do with them, and that's exciting in its own right. That's about all I had, Chris. Great, to, <laughs> great to have you up on the stage. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming out and listening. Um, enjoy your time at the fair. Go get to go get to go get a beverage if you want to. <laughs> yeah, I'm headed that way, so no doubt. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for the, the time. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate right, it.